Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. In our line of work, yeah. in my line of work, and yeah. sometimes your line of work, <laughs> uh, we travel a lot. And it's not easy actually being away from home when you're filming in different city or for a few months at a time. And I like my family to feel as comfortable as possible. So what do I do? I go on Airbnb and I look up all of the houses in the areas that I am going to be filming. And mm-hmm. I see if I can find the absolute best house for my family when That's I'm right. working. Actually, I worked in Albuquerque. I have a house in Albuquerque and I rent it as an Airbnb. You sure do. So there you go. So think about it. Your home sits empty while you're away. Why not have your empty space earn some extra income? Hosting is a lot easier than you might think. You don't need an Airbnb, a whole house. You could just you could just host your spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. (laughs) Sibling rivalry. That's good. So I read this book, How to Ikigai. It was like a random book. I kind of punched in Google top 10 self-help books to read and How to Ikigai came up. And so I started to read it and I got obsessed with it. And so we reached out to Tim Tamashiro, um, who is the author of this book, How to Ikigai. And we uncovered what what it is well what i thought is, i thought is you sent it to me and i looked at the title how to ikigai and i thought it was like a dance move <laughs> so i was like oh how to ikigai and, and it turns out it's not it's um, definitely not it's not well that. it could be if it's your ikigai but it's exactly your ikigai is a dance move yeah 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 um, um no we'll let tim explain to you sort of what it is when you're listening to this Uh, But it has to do with sort of finding your purpose in life and doing what you love to do. Um, Yeah, and he got us to look at what ours was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's defining success. What is success to you? What is happiness to you? What is balance to you? Everyone's ikigai is a little bit different. Um, But it was was inspirational. Yeah. uh, And also, it's a nice, it it, it creates like a very good uh, 
pathway to understanding what your purpose is, mm-hmm. you know? And that doesn't mean that it doesn't come with challenges or complications and all of the things that life brings, but it does mean that you are actively doing the things that you love. Right. Anyway, check out Tim. Tim Tomashiro, you dig it. Happy you got it. Tim. Hello. How pleasure are you? Pleasure to meet you. It's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. I've been excited about hanging out with the Hudson kids for, for a long time now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, we are. If we're 40-year-old children, that's I'm, for sure. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I'm glad we finally were able to make this happen. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. But uh, I, I got to tell you, you know, you two are, are exactly the kind of friends that I would have had when I was growing up, I, I, I think that it's just lovely that you've invited me on. So thank you. I Aww. really appreciate it. You're really welcome. I want to first tell you about how I dis- I literally discovered you and your book, How to Ikigai, because I went on a list of books of like that you must read. It was a must-read book list. And it said, How to Ikigai. And I was like, oh, that looks really interesting. She thought it was a, a new dance. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> can we see the dance? <laughs> the ikigai dance. Well, as a as someone who is uh, currently partnered with a half Japanese man and my daughter's Japanese, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm very always intrigued with any anything that has anything to do with Jap- Japan, and uh, and my man is from his family is Okinawa. So, oh wow, right. So I mean, for, you know, for, he's third. Honey, what are you third generation? Fourth generation American. Fourth generation. Yeah. But I'm second I'm second generation. I'm Nisei. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was like, well, and I got into it and then I started reading your book and I was like, Ikigai is for me was like there was something about it that was just sort of eye-opening because you I think you say it in the book, it's all about how life purpose is a really difficult thing to process. Yeah. With Ikigai, it sort of gives you a more sort of like uh, a fundamentals to follow, you know, as to what how yeah. you're living your life. Mm-hmm. She actually- Roadmap, so to speak. She actually yeah. sent it to our family thread. We have a family thread called Family Affair, and she sent the book to the thread, and that's how I got interested in it. <clears throat> and That's um, amazing. Yeah, yeah. It made me rethink my entire life, which I don't know if- <laughs> Is a good or a bad thing? <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, it is a fundamental question, though, isn't it, Oliver? Oh, yeah. No, I know. I know. I mean, I have questioned this, and we're going to get into all of it in a minute, but just my own personal yeah. experience, I've always questioned sort of what I do for a living. Yes, I love it, but it is, it is, a, is it a passion of mine? Not necessarily, uh-huh. you know. Um, do what yeah. you love. Do what you're good at. Do what the world needs. You know, I think I can check off a couple of those boxes, but, mm. you know— it's it it makes me think about if I am doing the thing that I am supposed to be doing. And Tim, sure. for me, your entry into this was really just talking about your life and and you're a musician. And yeah. I consider myself a musician and I haven't yeah. been living my ikigai. Like I haven't been living that path. So there is something okay. that for me, it was like a light bulb that went off when I read that book because you sort of entered it through music, which made it very relatable for me. But let's start. Let's start with Tim. Why don't you introduce yourself and let's talk about really like how you got to writing this book, How to Ikigai. 
Okay, yes. Uh, my name is Tim Tamashiro. Uh, I'm 57 years old, and I've been living my Ikigai since I was about maybe 21 years old uh, when I kind of figured out, oh, what the heck am I... Wait a second. I'm supposed to have fun in life, and I'm supposed to do the things that I love to do and the things that I'm good at. So, um, you know, the, the interesting thing about uh, doing that is that I grew up in a very, very small town, a crazy small town, like a thousand people in, uh, in central Alberta in Canada. And uh, I, was a, I was a bit of a different, you know, uh, and when I say that, I mean, I was, myself and my brother were the two only visible minorities in the entire town, you know, so we had our own fair share of things that we had to deal with as far as that was concerned and whatnot. So I was always considered different, but, you know, I didn't really know what it was that made me different and whatnot. So when I was about 20 years old, I was, uh, I was working on the highways at that time. And I was, uh, I was a surveyor. I was actually helping them, you know, make sure that the roads went straight. You know what that's like? <laughs> that's, a, that's a thankless job, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I laid in bed one Saturday morning and I just realized, you know, is this what life is supposed to be? Just a series of well-paying jobs and you put in the nine to fives and then, you know, you get a house and you get a car and you get married and all that other kind of stuff. And I went, no, I don't want to live my life that way. I want to, I want to live my life uh, doing things that are enjoyable for me and that I love to do and, uh, and that I'm good at. And I was always kind of a little bit of a singer. So I decided right there and then on that Saturday morning, I sat up in bed and I literally said, I'm going to be a singer and I'm going to be a musician. And, uh, and that started off this incredible cascade of events that uh, have been just an extraordinary string of just wonderful life experiences. You know, I, you know, you, you, you two uh, grew up in a, in, you know, the, how would you describe Hollywood? Is it, a, is it a dream making place or a dream crushing place? I don't, I don't know. A little bit of both. both. Yeah. A little bit <laughs> both. of both. Probably yeah. more crushing than dream yes. making, but yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but when you do, then it's, you know, big dream. Well, Hollywood, it's dream making and then crushing within a year. You know, I mean, it can be honestly like you can have a job and you're on top of the world for two years and then that job ends and now you're you're crushed. Now it's like, okay, how am I going to survive? Now the identity is you're scratching your head going, hmm, now what, right? So what I've discovered about Ikigai is that uh, uh, Ikigai comes from Okinawa, Japan, where my grandparents are from. And I've always had that incredible sense that I would say that was almost part of my DNA, that Ikigai was something that I knew that I had to do, that something that I was good at, and that something that could also help the community in general, right? And be that I could be rewarded for. And that doesn't necessarily mean a salary or payment. It, it really means how can I be thanked for it? You know, how can people show appreciation? So it creates this, this beautiful boomerang of of joy that just keeps on going around and around and around and around. So uh, just to uh, make the story shorter, because it's very, very long, I will say that uh, I've been fortunate enough to have this extraordinary life of doing all these crazy things. And once I just kind of put my mind to it, and I know that it's something that I'm good at and that I love to do, I just go and do it. I literally just go and do it. So I've been I've been a, a major rate label record lab rep major label record rep yeah, that's a and a uh, radio host and a jazz singer. And, uh, and uh, I just returned from Thailand where I ordained as a monk. Wow. And I oh, also wow. 
I also uh, am just, I'm scheduled now to, I'm going to go sing on a ship for a bunch of months just because <laughs> I want to. Well, see, that's the thing that I love that I took so much from your book, which was that it's really like life purpose or whatever that that thing is for you. It doesn't matter where you're doing it or what is like you said, like success and how it's measured. It's not the, it's not accolades. It's not money. And granted for me, I think people would say like, oh, it's easy for you to say because, you know, I have the the means. But at the same time, it's like it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you're not living, yeah. if you're not living what makes you happy, then what are you doing, you know? And I like I sometimes think that I would I could be in a restaurant with no one listening with a piano player and sing all night long <clears throat> and be so I'm cl- clearly Richie, like you'd sing that song. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be and I'd be happy. I'd be like living my weird Iki guy. But let me ask you a question though. So in your 20s you had this discovery or you had this you sat up in bed and decided to change your life basically. Yeah. At that point did you determine that this was Ikigai or did you have to sort of come upon that later in life and understand, oh, wait a minute, I did something instinctual that is actually somewhat traditional and cultural? That was uh, like, it just felt right when I started, when I committed to it, but I didn't know anything about Ikigai. In fact, I didn't even really learn about Ikigai until maybe about, I would say probably 20 years later or Mm -hmm. something like that, where it just kind of popped up on a, on this random uh, television show that I was watching on a Sunday afternoon when I was looking for something to fall asleep to. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a it was a furniture design competition. And I remember that these uh, people were um, uh, given the task to be able to create uh, some sort of a couch or something along those lines, a lounge or something. And uh, basically, this one person made this really kind of bachelor pad couch, kind of chartreuse in color but it had four circles on it and, you know, embroidered into the back of the couch. And the host was smart enough to ask, what is that? What is that symbol? And he said, oh, it's ikigai. It means that you, it means that you do what you love. And I, and I went, something about that word, I just kind of went, ikigai, that's a Japanese word. Something just kind of triggered it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so needless to say, I wasn't having a snooze that afternoon. I was immediately on my phone and I was looking up, how do you spell ikigai? What is this ikigai thing? And then it just turned into this um, hunting expedition for more and more information about it. Now, at that time, there was hardly any information about it at all, even though it's been around for 2,000 years. But I do need to make the point that Ikigai is is not necessarily something that you do uh, that is a profession per se. Mm. Ikigai is something that you do naturally that is just part of who you are. Mm. Uh, it's It's a verb. Uh, and it's usually um, it's usually uh, approached with some sort of a an intention. So my ikigai is to delight. Mm. So I know that I can delight a million times a day. So that's what I go out and do. Maybe we should figure out what your ikigai is. I would love to. Well, let's explain what d- d- let's explain what ikigai is. What's your you know if someone was like, what's your elevator pitch for ikigai? What what is that? Well, I I literally say. Ikigai is a lifestyle that uh, comes from when my grandparents uh, were born in Okinawa. And uh, it's essentially a way for you to be able to live your life's purpose. And it's a roadmap. Uh, Four steps in the roadmap. You do what you love, do what you're good at, do what the world needs, and do what you can be rewarded for. 
Sometimes, sometimes you get paid for it. Right. But more, more often than not, it's just something. I want to break that down. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. you're right because because you're talking about there's there, there's your profession, you know, and then there are the things that you love. Hopefully, you love your profession, but do those things sort of cross pollinate? Right. They can. They can, yeah. So so do what you love. Like if 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 I if we were to if we were to like fi- let's find Oliver's icky guy. Okay. Right. I've been thinking about this. Like I yeah. love I love to fish. Like I'm uh-huh. a passionate fisherman. Like I I want to. I've had a boat and I fly fish, but I, I have a boat and I you know and it's what I would. That's what I love to do. I don't do it enough though. So part okay. of me in discovering what my icky guy is is to indulge more in the things that I love. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what I love. Well, you love and to I'm, laugh. I love to laugh. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. Right. Does I lo- that matter? I love let's to cre- make people a, let's laugh. Let's create a bit of a list, if that's okay, Oliver. Yeah, let's yeah. Create a, yeah. Tell me about little different things that you like and whatnot, because I do this a lot with people all over the world, yeah. right? And basically, literally, the way that we do it is we just have them answer that just that one question. Yeah. What do you love to do? Right. And that is, that's, a, that's, a, that's a huge question that most people never, ever think of in their entire life. So yeah. you love to go fishing. You love to laugh. Right, I love to laugh. I love to make people laugh. Like that is a big one for me because that brings me joy. Like I Uh would say I'm good at it. It's what I love. It's probably what the world needs, just laughter and humor in general. And I can yeah. easily be rewarded for it. And it's not monetary. Will you, you stop know? doing going ahead of yourself? Well, I'm just saying that I Let's just- Let's start I, with what you love. I know, but I might have just discovered something. <laughs> <laughs> because I was trying to, after reading your book, I was trying to sort of fit one thing into all of these categories. And I yeah. might have just found it because I was thinking more along the lines of, Fishing, or I love golf. Right, I love mountain biking. Right. You know. Well, let's so let's keep going. So you. What love- else? What else do you love to do? Mountain biking. <laughs> mountain biking. Okay. Mountain biking. I love. I love fishing. I love anything water. You know what I mean. I love diving. Okay. I love. You I love, love the outdoors. I love the outdoors. I love the ocean. I love nature. Um, I love okay. the mountains. Um, I love my family. Okay. Huge. You know. I love. Honestly, I love doing nothing. I love being. <laughs> that's, that's the most honest answer I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, I love doing nothing with the people I love. I love just, you know, just uh, storytelling. Okay. What about what about in your profession? What do you love to do? Well. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> no I, I, so I'm an, I'm an actor and I'm in the entertainment in, industry, and you're right? A yes, right. I do things, but my main occupation, I would say, to make my money is being an actor. I love being an actor in moments, meaning that the craft itself happens for me in moments when a mm-hmm. scene is good, when 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 it's working, the creative aspect of changing something to make it better. I love um, acting as a whole. It's not something that I've always sort of loved and has been part of my passion. Uh, I love being on sets, though. It is my happy place. I love the energy. I love the creativity. Um, I love... That makes sense, though, because we're like... the tone. We were like, like, you know, like, like movie... Kids like we we the grew kids up would have grown up there. We right? grew mm-hmm. up on sets, right. yeah, behind, but more more in the scene though, like behind the camera with 
you know, wardrobe and the camera department and working in the mm-hmm. working behind yeah. okay. the camera. Yeah. And, and then it, what about what about with your friends? What do you love to do with your friends? <clears throat> oh, laughter is huge. It's so fun. I you know, love laughter is huge. Humor is such a big part of everyone and everything in my life. And uh, as we get older, it's nice to have actual conversations that have some depth, you know, and it's not just because I've been friends with these boys since I was some one of them in preschool, you know. Um, wow. and I just love the camaraderie of being with You like with to smoke weed with your friends? Yeah. Have a cocktail. Cocktails, drink, have fun. Just it's the you can it's, be a it's jazz the, musician. Well, it's, right? it's almost like it's almost <laughs> it's almost the intangibles. It's that connectedness that you feel when when you're with your with your people, where no words need to be exchanged. You are just sort of in each other's presence, okay, and that feeling is, is important and positive. I think, and I don't do it enough, by the way. This is really interesting because you said connectedness. What does it feel like for you when you're out fishing and you're out mountain biking and you're out in nature and, yeah. and you're doing things that are that are a more solitude? Is that is there a connectedness there too, or is sure. that is that not? There's a connectedness to something much bigger, obviously, and there is uh, something energetically that just sort of washes everything else away. When I'm out mm-hmm. fishing, nothing really matters much anymore. I am focused on. Whatever I'm doing as far as the technical aspect of it, but it's just more of the bigger experience of being out on the ocean for 10 days on a boat and not seeing land, you know, or being in the mountains and uh, just sitting by a fire and realizing that, oh, nothing really fucking matters except for this, you know. You really love that, don't you? Yeah, nature's huge and... Um, you know, and then being a dad, honestly, like being a father is something I love. And you're good at. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I do. And it's, it's not Way easy. Way to go. But... High five. Way <laughs> to be a good dad. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, so just basically what you, you're talking about, you're talking about all these amazing passions, you know, you, you, your, your family and your laughter and doing nothing and storytelling and acting sort of. Mm-hmm. I do love that it. Was, that was an interesting Well, thing. here's yeah. the thing. The thing for me in my profession is, is that, is that I, I feel like I haven't had an opportunity yet to do, as an actor, to do something where I can really dig in and have a special moment with it. I am an actor for hire. I, I do yeah. network television shows. You don't get time to rehearse. You don't get time to create, yeah. really, except on the fly. And I look at Wyatt and Kate and, and my siblings who have had these amazing moments, you know what I mean, to just dig in and be creative and and be a part of the process and i have yet to have that i have to sort of create that for myself and the other thing i will say is this is that um i've always wanted to make movies or tv as a director you know yeah and i did one thing i shot this 15 minute presentation and it was just chaos but i was so comfortable in the chaos nothing phased me i had no nerves and there was twice during that two-day process where i had to step aside because i got emotional because i felt like fuck this is what i need to this is what i should be doing i was so well i just nothing phased me i i I, and i was thinking man if i could do this actually for real and had time you know I know that's where my talent lies. He's he's talking about directing. Yeah, being a director. Yeah, you know, and creating yeah. something. My vision, you know, my my uniqueness, rather okay. than just saying lines that 
someone wrote for me. Okay, I'm going to move this along. But that's connection I'm ready to go. I'm going to move this along because this is getting a little... <laughs> this no, is about no, me. No, it's okay. No, I, I understand. But, but, that is, but that's connection too, you know? So, mm-hmm. it, yeah. you, like I say, you know, you've <laughs> talked about all these great passions and whatnot, but it all comes back down to uh, connection, connection with people and washing away whatever it is that, you're, yeah. that you can wash away. But I would... Uh, I would invite you to just pay attention to that action of to connect. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that mean? Ikigai can be a can be like a, a multifaceted jewel that you can look at it from a million different ways. Yes, I want to connect with my family. I want to connect with my kids. I want to connect with my friends. I want to connect with nature. I mm-hmm. want to do all this sort of stuff. And if that is something that resonates with you, I really invite you to just kind of think about that and uh, and see if there's other ways that connection matters to you to mm-hmm. make films or something along those uh, along those lines but regardless it's going to be something that is that is uh an action that you can immediately wake up in the morning and go well i know what i get to do today mm-hmm. yeah. it'll be me mm-hmm. i love the connecting cuz that is so you mm-hmm. like you know i was a lot i was our family it's cuz of how we grew up as well but like to connect like if you think about everything that you love to do mm-hmm. because when we get into mind it's going to be so different mm-hmm. because Acting's actually quite singular. You have to connect, obviously, to something like deep inside mm-hmm. of yourself. But it's a much, it's not, it's not an outwardly, right. it, it, it is shared. But like when you're learning or you're like in the craft yeah. and you're, you know, you know, you you have to like go into this place that is quite lonely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's something that feels kind of singular mm. about it. Totally. Sure. Well, well, let's do you real quick. Well, are we done with you? Yeah. Well, what? So, so, so spend can, some time. Yeah. I, I would invite you to just spend some time around that uh, around that word, connect, to connect uh, that action. And if it doesn't work for you, mm-hmm. start looking around for a word that is maybe in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. Open a thesaurus. Mm-hmm. You know, crack open the phone and start looking through thesaurus right. for words that might that might connect with you. Yeah. That is some sort of a verb, uh, and and that. Maybe you can, you know, steer you towards uh, what it is that you really love to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to make a point, though, you know, there's a big difference between your job and your work, right? right. Your job is something that you do in order to be able to earn an income. Mm-hmm. Your work is something that you do to achieve something bigger and more, mm. uh, more uh, uh, like, important, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you are your work, mm-hmm. really, yeah. you know? So. That is uh, that's something that's really important in terms of just understanding the day to day kind of stuff. Yeah, you're gonna go and you're gonna have your job, and you might be able to, inc- to include your work in it, right? But uh, mm. you know, to be able to work on yourself every day, that's, yeah, uh, that's like absolutely that. huge. I like that. I love I that. That yeah. is so true. Job and too, work, especially two different, for two different words. especially for really creative people. But yeah. you know, I mean, I, I personally think we say creative, but I think everyone's creative. I think everyone has. We, I mean. We are all created. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like we are here to create, you know, and, mm-hmm. and procreate. Um, so I think everyone has that, whatever they are going to do or whatever they like, whatever drives them is coming from a creative place. Um, yeah. yeah. So but, what do you love to do? Yeah, Kate do what do I love to do? I love to sing. I love to sing. I love to perform. I love to dance. Anywhere, anytime. I love to work my body. I like to be active. 
I also love to connect, but I also really love being alone. I love being in quiet. That's your battery charging though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I really need it, you know? It's like Ditto. I have to like I'm... disappear. And if I don't, we like share I, that. I could go crazy, you know? Yeah. Okay, and then to the job side, what is it that you love about your job? Everything. I love the camaraderie when it's good. I love the depth of connection and intimacy I feel with other actors when you're when you're in it with them. Um, I love being on a movie set. I love telling stories. I love being able to give great directors that I have so much respect for what they need. I love that feeling of knowing that I'm bringing something to life for them that they, that they see. And then maybe hopefully when you said delight, I love that because I love when I can delight them with something new as well. You know, um, I got, can I just throw something in here? Yeah. Everything that you just said here so far kind of, Kind of points to delight, right? That's. <laughs> I mean, you know it is I mean? a good word. Yeah, I, I, it's, yeah, it is. That's okay. You can you can share it with me if you want. <laughs> I mean, this, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely delight, or I also like making people feel good. You know, like to lift. Uh-huh. You know, to to like uh-huh. elevate. Oh, that's interesting. I like to help people, you know, I like to help people achieve. Um, achieve what? Do you have an example of that that you'd be comfortable to share? Yeah, like in a, just let's use a scene partner and let's say uh-huh. someone is struggling. Like I want to be there to help them get to the place they need to get to. You know, uh-huh. I, I'm happy being the layup for the dunk, you know? Uh-huh. Well, and, hold on. That's a you mean the like the the pass for the dunk. Yeah, like to yeah the, the pass. layup. You layup. score on a layup. Okay, well then what is it? What is <laughs> maybe it like an alley oop? Like an you alley-oop. like to throw the alley oop for the, the dunk. Alley-oop. Right. Okay. I like being the alley oop. There you go. <laughs> okay. I'm very happy being an alley oop. Surprisingly, <laughs> <laughs> I don't always have to dunk. You know. Yeah. Um. Why can't that be your icky guy? The alley oop. Kind of alley oop. What a great name. <laughs> There's no, there's no, there's no rules behind what a Nikki guy can be. You know, I, yeah. I, I was, uh, I talked with a gentleman once and I said, what do you love to do? He goes, I love to break things. And I went, <laughs> that sounds like the best Nikki guy ever. What do you do? He says, I'm a software engineer. I like to break software, but I've always broken things. Like even through the time that I was a kid, you know, I take apart the, the radio or, or computer or whatever. Then I put it back together to see if it could, which could work better or whatever. But, uh, so, you know, alley-oop, if that makes sense to you, that's yeah. something you could pay I mean, attention I also, to. I just, I feel like create. Like, I like to create. Uh-huh. Like, when you think about all the things, like, I've got my businesses. Mm-hmm. I've got my, produce, I, you know, development. I'm making my record. Like, mm-hmm. I'm constantly creating things. Yeah. So that's also, yeah. you know, you know. I think the yeah. I think the thing that I don't like is the, is like what Ollie, like, I want to create. I just don't want to have to be like, so linear all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right. I get that. Wanna, That's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do the work. What do you work. do to step I out of that, I just don't want though. it to be my job. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, the job part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The job part is like drives you crazy, but the work part is exciting. Yeah, yeah. So is there something there that you see, uh, you you kind of spiced up a little bit there when you're talking about lift, elevate, alley-oop, uh, create? Uh, you were really into, uh, just from the energy that I sensed from you, that you were really into telling uh, about how you're just really passionate about everything about your job, you know, to encompass, to, to uh, uh, oh gosh, I don't have a thesaurus in front of like me. but envelop, yeah. Like envelop. To, yeah, to be, yes, immersed, immersion. Immerse, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the right word, I mean, immersion is actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, well, but, you know but then why you, but then, but then it's like is because I I need more of that because that's when I'm the most <laughs> productive. Right, because you if you find your word, I'm sure you can have multiple words too. But if you find that word yeah. or that sense, then how do you implement that into your everyday life? You know, if like if you're yeah. saying immersion, like how, if you, if that is your yeah. focus, how do you wake up and it immerse means, yourself? It means I'm going today is going to be about my kids. I'm going to immerse myself. Right, my maybe into kids. a specific oh, okay. category of some kind. To dive right. in. Yeah. Right. That's that's that sort of thing. Like really get into it. Yeah. Right? Like I'm gonna go make music. Mm-hmm, I'm gonna mm-hmm. just completely immerse myself in mm-hmm. music. You, well, yeah. something to say that there, there's something for, there for you. I can see that you're really kind of thinking. Mm, that's like kind of what I do every day. That it's a verb and not like right a thing. Right. Well, it's immerse. funny. It's yeah. funny when you said it was a verb because that was one of my questions. I was like, "How do you? Is it an adjective? Is it a verb? Do you ikigai or to ikigai or is it a noun? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. But I guess yeah, it is a it's verb. A, it are, yeah, there there are actions that kind of encompass the, every every bit of the of the of the good qualities and the and the great joy that you attain out of life. You know, and uh, it's different for everybody. You know, an engineer might might have a different kind of ikigai than say a doctor but but regardless you know i've i've talked to all sorts of people that have one gentleman was uh into as as i was going through this workshop with him and his colleagues he said uh, you know i've been thinking about this the whole time and he says i always thought that my ikigai was to collect but he says it's not about collect cuz he he said he gathered all these beautiful glass sculptures and his house is filled with all these glass sculptures but then he says but now i'm giving them all away cuz it I don't really want them. He says, but now that I think about it, I like to hunt them down. I said, mm. well, there's your icky guys mm-hmm. to hunt. He says, I love to hunt everything. Mm-hmm. I love to hunt it down. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's all sorts of ways to be able to look at it. And uh, and and whatever inspires you, ultimately the great thing is, is that once you name your ikigai, that is the beginning to understanding it, really. Yeah. That, is, that is the answer right there. Because now, you know, Tomorrow, uh, you might want to wake up, uh, uh, Oliver, and go, oh, my ikigai, to connect. I wonder if that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, if it, and if it lifts you, you can kind of go, I'm going to just connect with a bunch of people and things and projects today. Just see what, what it makes yeah. me feel like. No, right? no, it's, it's, it's cool because it's, it seems to be fluid. It's living and breathing in a sense. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not just one mm-hmm. solid thing that just sticks in the ground like a monolith, yeah. like an ikigai monolith. It's moving, meaning a connectivity, connectedness could mean so many different things, you know, from day to day. But it's just the yeah. overall 
of being connected to whatever it is that you choose to do or make that make a choice based on being connected, you know? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah. And, and can your ikigai change? Yeah. Why not? There's no rules in life that say that you can't. Well, I guess really what it boils down to is that, it, you know, ikigai is really based on your true authentic self, you mm-hmm. know? So, you know, we're kind of, we are kind of fully formed now, mm-hmm. you know, but I could see how, you know, when you're, you know, when you're 90 years old, maybe right. to connect still works for you, you know? Yeah. And for you, Kate, maybe when you're 90 years old to immerse, it still works for you, you know? I mean, take a look at your family and see what it is that they do. Have they all yeah, always done that, like you know? parents, guy. I don't know, but <laughs> but you know, I, I, now I'm going into my whole psychology just about connection. Well, oh, yes. and your authentic self. Yeah. Right, and, and just yeah. about how hard it, it always has been for me to truly connect because of vulnerability issues and you know what I mean? Like yeah. now uh-huh. I'm going deeper into this whole thing maybe, maybe with myself. It, yeah, well, you know? maybe it is really your ikigai. Your true authentic self is to connect right. deeper. Deeper, right. Mm-hmm. But then deeper. we, now. Oh, now, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Then there's do what you're good at. Mm-hmm. So how? So okay. So does that also like I'm good at like Ollie is good at connecting, or is that what that means? Or do what you're good at is the actual monolith, so to speak. Is that like you know I'm good at cooking, so yeah. I should be actively right. pursuing that desire and that love for cooking. Well, the interesting thing is that once you figure out what you love to do, that's the, the, the second question you ask yourself is, am I good at that? Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So, right. And, and, it's, and it's almost like, uh, it's almost like uh, those two questions are kind of co-answers of each other. And the, 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 the wonderful thing that I've seen happen with so many people that I've done this exercise with is that they go through that, do what you love and do what you're good at. And they kind of go, yeah, that's me. And then they start asking them or start noticing rather that, oh, you know what? The world does need that. The world yeah. really mm-hmm. does need more of me, mm-hmm. right? And when I do that authentic uh, action on a regular basis, they say thank you all the time. And that just gives me more fuel to just kind of make it happen again and again and again. You know, I mentioned before that it's a boomerang. It really is. So, um, so uh, do what you're good at. Kate, you know, you've, when you said that you love to sing, there is like a whole different side of you that I certainly didn't really know about. But boy, did that ever make your eyes like sparkle? There was like disco balls in your eyes there for crying out loud. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, so is it the act of singing that is important to you, or is it the act of of emoting your own uh, emotions to people, or is it to do it just for yourself? Mm-hmm. So break, you're breaking it down, basically. Yeah. yeah. Why do you like Ooh. to sing? Because I get lost in it. You immerse. Yeah. I immerse. You immerse. Is that a weird word to be my eek? You got like immerse. Immersion. <laughs> it's like immerse. Could it immerse? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's got to be That's a different word. Too late. And you can look to different languages too. Yeah. I'm like, I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. getting the thesaurus out after this podcast. <laughs> to immerse. Um, yeah. I, I have a question to switching gears just a little bit because you were 21 when you sort of discovered this, not necessarily Ikigai. You found that out later that it was, you know, there was an actual word for it or a term. His Okinawa yeah, DNA right. was just in it. But 
Do you, <laughs> I guess it's, it's to each their own, but do you have to take that jump, that risk, meaning I have a good job, I'm making money, maybe I don't love it, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go all in and go do the things that I want to do. You know, I mean, you have to be practical in your life. You have to survive, right? Um, does sometimes yeah. doing the thing that you love or that you might be good at isn't a practical thing and, you, you know, as far as survival goes and just living in today's world? Yeah, certainly. You know, uh, any introductory uh, course of uh, beginner psychology at university will tell you about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And it's based on a pyramid that basically says that we have five essentials that we have to look after each day. And it begins with, you know, food and shelter and mm -hmm. then safety and security. And then it goes into like uh, uh, friends and connections and then ego, a little bit of ego stuff. But at the very top of that pyramid is self-actualization. Right. And what most people are able to do uh, throughout their lives is just focus on those first four layers. And uh, because it's terrifying when you think about it, you know, to go a day without food or shelter, my God, that would be terrifying. And even without, you know, your friends and family, if you had absolutely no access to them or being able to be known for something that it is that you're uh, accomplishing in your life, that might even be a little bit terrifying. But that fifth level of that pyramid, that self-actualization part is one thing that we that we have a tendency as human beings to forget about. What I'm proposing with Ikigai is that if we can place more attention on self-actualization and answering that question, what do I love to do? Why was I put on this earth? This uh, gives us a full life experience, like the fullest life experience. So the interesting thing is, once you start actualizing uh, more, the less your need for things, mm you know, expensive homes, fancy sports cars, whatever the case, the less you need of that. And uh, I've even, uh, when I was uh, at the monastery, um, uh, being a monk, wearing orange, uh, I came up with this theory that said, okay, wait a second. If you took that whole idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and you took that whole pyramid and you flipped it upside down, that's why monks are so happy is because all they do all day is self-actualize. So, you know, putting that time and energy into yourself uh, on a regular basis, regardless of how much money it makes you, but uh, focusing more on how much joy it brings you, that's what I'm saying Ikigai has the potential of doing. For, there's people who are very, very lucky who uh, do something called job crafting, where even though their, uh, uh, their job description might not necessarily say that you're going to do your ikigai, you just bring it and you just kind of include it. I have a friend who is a radio host and uh, that's what she does. She, there was nothing on her description that, you know, she's supposed to report traffic and weather in the mornings every day. But what she did is she just willy-nilly just started a volunteer group at, at the radio station. She said, well, I got the air for two hours a day. I might as well do some good with it. So she started a this beautiful uh, uh, thing called the Ado Crew, where basically volunteers come together and they do, you know, uh, Habitat for Humanity or harvest a, a, a community garden or whatever the case. But it has nothing to do with their job description. Mm -hmm. But that was so successful for her and she's so happy doing it that now that's turned into six other radio stations doing the exact same thing. So, right. Um, I like job crafting. Mm -hmm. Job crafting is nice. Yeah. Isn't it? That's like, yeah. like my career. I've like job crafted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think I'll start a company. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's, 
I think I'm gonna. Well, go it's do also this. fun to take your brain and put it into a different place. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's nice. Oh yeah. Because you're so focused on one thing, and then it's nice to have your, you, you know, you're you're doing something. You're using a different part of your brain. What is yeah, the actual sure. history though of ikigai? Like. It comes from Okinawa, but like, where does it, what is it? Where does it come from? Yeah. There was, um, uh, according to the research that I've done, there was a, this wonderful group of, of women. Women know everything. <laughs> the women are the most powerful. <laughs> Say it there again, you go. Tim. Say uh, it women again. Women are the most powerful. They're the smartest <laughs> and, uh, and the most nurturing and the most wonderful. Um, so these, these ladies, uh, they were known as ama divers. And ama divers are very uh, prevalent throughout Southeast Asia, Japan, and China, Korea. And basically, these ama divers are women that would go down to the shore, and they had a specific you know, work to do. They literally went down, and they jumped into the ocean butt naked and took a wooden barrel uh, out and floated it on the, on the surface of the ocean. And the, what they'd do is they'd dive down as far as they could, and they'd gather food swim back up and then put it back into these uh, into the tubs and they were really really good at this you know some of these ama divers there are still ama divers to this day but um some of them you know in their 80s and they could hold their breath for like three minutes at a time but they gather up all these urchins and and sea cucumbers or whatever they could find and they would uh put it into this barrel and then they take it back to the to the community and they would really be appreciated for for their skill for doing this because it fed the fed the community, right? The uh, but the most beautiful thing about this is that uh, these ladies were the ones that started calling it iki kai. Well, iki means life, kai means shell. So life's shell, essentially. They're doing what they love to do, and they're good at it. So uh, eventually, over time, it morphed into iki kai, iki guy rather. Uh, which means life's worth. So, you know, other people in Okinawa started doing things that were, you know, that they were really good at, whether it's woodworking or or uh, teaching or, you know, learning martial arts or whatever the case. So that's that's kind of kind of where it comes from. It's life in a shell. I want, uh, hmm. it's really beautiful. Are there still 80-year-old naked women diving in Okinawa <laughs> for sea urchins? Yeah, that, there's, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a diver. I'm sure there's. A, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a, a few of them up here in Canada too. It's just right. a little colder. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like Ronnie in the in her, in the pool. She's our little yeah. uh, I'm a diver. <clears throat> cool. What would be really interesting is if people started to if this was actually researched. Like, uh, is it researched? Like people Which, actually ikigai? living ikigai. Like Meaning has like that a, been researched like from a scientific standpoint? Yeah. Right. I don't. I don't know of any specific studies, but I will tell you what. I could literally open up the internet right now and go on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and find you a thousand people who are living their ikigai right yeah. now. Right. I. You know. Because you know that, especially on TikTok, you know that's humanity in an application. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love watching TikTok because, you know, not only do you get to see. Kate Hudson dancing around in her kitchen, but you also get to see, uh, uh, you know, 400-pound male ballet stars mm-hmm. yeah. that are exceptionally good at what it is that they do. Or uh, kids who uh, photograph toy cars to make them look like they're real cars with an iPhone. Like, I know, that's crazy. The like, vastness mm-hmm. of humanity on TikTok especially shows people doing what it is that they love to do mm-hmm. and what they're good at. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, uh, I think that's, uh, 
I think that's the most beautiful thing in the world. But you said something really interesting. It's the optimistic side of social media, you know, because we all look at it as this negative platform, you know, for the most Mm -hmm. part. Um, Of course, we see the benefits from it. But but when you are looking at through that, looking at it through that lens, where you are, it's a place to discover people doing you know, what they love and, and something that they're good at. And it's a place for them to express that. That's pretty, uh, it's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I wonder what living your ikigai does to and for your self-esteem. Well, I think self-esteem, you, a lot of it is based on sort of the perception of you of yourself. So other people's perceptions yeah, no. of you, right? Right. And I think if you're living your ikigai, then those things might just go away because you just are matter. doing what you love and you're happy about yourself and, you know. But I don't know. I'm as the professional. It really boils down to happiness, right? We all, we're, that's our natural state. Happiness is our natural state. And the things that take us away from happiness are things like anger, uh, greed, and delusions. This is all Buddha talk here now. Mm-hmm. So these, these three things, they yank us away from, from being happy all, all the time. Ikigai is something that is essentially something that is innate and something that we were born looking for. Why was I born? Why? What is the special gift that I have that I can do that nobody else can do? And that they they can uh, benefit from it, you know. We're charitable beings. We want to do things that are beneficial for others. That's the reason why we start businesses, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, in terms of being able to just uh, uh, have greater well-being, that self-actualization part of it, and that ikigai part of it is absolutely essential. I'll tell you, there is a lot of uh, uh, positive psychology studies. Uh, based out of uh, University of Pennsylvania, or even uh, the oh, have you guys taken the Science of Well-being course? No, from, uh, no. Tell oh, me, tell me goodness. everything. You need to that? write this down. Can you hand me my phone? Is it okay. online? Yes, it's online. Yeah. So, and I talk about this in in my book, I think, but no, I can't remember. I can't remember what I wrote in my book. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wait, what is it called? Science of Well-being. It's called the Science of Well-being. So this is a this is a course that's been put together by Dr. Lori Santos. This is the most popular course in the history of Yale University, and it's been around for you know Yale's been around for three hundred years. Uh, so Dr. Santos put this course together, and essentially the students at uh, Yale would call this uh, Dr. Santos's happiness class, and they also called it the hardest class at Yale. And what I love about this particular course is that Dr. Santos takes us through these steps and just basically say. Whatever we think, whatever we believe in our feeble human brain that's going to bring us happiness, it's wrong. We are very, very bad at guessing what is going to bring us happiness. And if I could uh, summarize the course down to, down to just what the, the takeaways are without giving it away. Uh, yeah, it's and 10 by the weeks. Way, I, yeah, but you can just, I binge watched it. It was like a oh, it was you like can, Game of Thrones yo, for you me. You can fly through yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but anyway, so Dr. Santos says, um, uh, acts of kindness. Yeah. Massive impactor in your base level ha- uh, well-being. If you mm-hmm. can go out and do something that is kind and that can lift somebody else's spirit every day, good God, that is a good thing for you. So Oliver, you know, when you say you love to laugh and you love to make people laugh and all that kind of stuff, that's an act of kindness, my friend. Mm-hmm. That is something that you're doing out of generosity. So that's that impacts your overall overall well-being. But they also uh, make things like, you know, physical uh, 
efforts, obviously, walking, running, mm-hmm. doing doing that kind of stuff. That boosts the endorphins in your brain. Mm. Um, uh, there's uh, things like, oh, the one that really made me uh, get excited is something called time affluence. That means you're time rich. Mm-hmm. That means you do with your time oh, what you want I to do with your time. I want to be time rich. That's cool. Do you do with your time what you want to do with your time though, Kate? I try. But the truth is, I never really can because someone's always bothering me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like, I'll be like, I don't want to be disturbed for like three days, but Jeez. something will happen. It's and a long time. Someone will call and I'll have to do something and I will never get like, I literally have to literally shut my phone off. Let's start with three hours and then move from there to three days. Well, like a weekend. Like I'll never get a real weekend. You can choose to. If I turn my phone off. Yeah. I have to, I have to actively like turn my phone off. Like I literally have to throw it away. (laughs) (laughs) I need to like get in like the only time, like if I was like in in Jeff Bezos' rocket ship, (laughs) it's like the only time no one could get a hold of me. Even then, it'd be like Madeline would be like, can you just get to Kate for five seconds? Madeline would be in like a space, she'd be like a space suit out the window, like pointing at like some sort of a thing. (laughs) I took the other rocket to catch up. (laughs) Like a Fabletics approval. Exactly. Yeah, like an in bloom, like like She'd be holding the candle like, <laughs> what is this one okay? Is it cleared? <laughs> but yeah. Well, regardless, with uh, with 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 this course, uh, the science of well-being, uh, these are all studies uh, that have come out of the relatively new field of positive psychology. That basically says that you know, instead of just treating psychology, isn't always just about treating mental illness. It's also about increasing mental wellness. So, uh, positive that. psychology really focuses on these types of things, like. Uh, you know, time affluence, uh, acts of kindness, uh, physical activities, uh, connectedness with people. Um, and Ikigai, it plays a role in that because it's helping you literally connect with your own self-actualization on a regular basis just by naming it. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. by naming it. I love the simplicity of that because sometimes also I think there's all these different things that we could be doing. Like even what mm-hmm. you're saying in this course, which by the way, I think everyone should be doing things like that. But it's hard for people to focus their time and energy. You know, I find I, by nature, am optimistic, which I know is very rare. But then there's moments where, like, you know, I I find I find that the quote I love the most is 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 contentment is a discipline. Like optimism is something we need to work towards. Like it's something Mm. we actually actively pursue. You know, our brains kind of tend to do the opposite. And you just did yeah. it, right? Instead of instead of focusing on the illness of the brain to focus on the wellness of the brain, even that, That's right. even the linguistic of that, the thought of that is actually firing a more optimistic part of your brain. Um, mm-hmm. But then Ikigai, the simplicity of it, I think for anyone to be able to actually center in on one word, the active word for them to pursue... Mm-hmm. Is kind of genius because you 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 know it's like it doesn't complicate it too much. It doesn't become complicated. You apply that to anything. Yeah, well, that's the beauty mm-hmm. of it is its simplicity. I mean, it really mm-hmm. is. It's it's simple, but 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 difficult in the same in the same sense. You know. I love that you went yeah. up into the mountains and just got ordained as a monk. Can you just? 
Yeah, what we was We need that? to like unpack this for a second. Were you Tim. like, did you just wake up one morning like, meh, I'm going to Thailand. I'm going to become a monk. Where did this come? Sort of. Yeah? Sort okay. of. Yeah. So what so, motivated well, this? I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Uh, COVID kicked my ass. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't the COVID illness. It was all the stuff, the negativity that was built around it. At the exact same time, as you might remember, there was Black Lives Matter, and then there was Stop Asian Hate, and then there was the anti-vaxxers, and there was a, a certain orange president in the United States. Mm-hmm. And there was all sorts of stuff that was happening. And, uh, and when you're alone in your house, doom scrolling becomes your only hobby, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so I found myself uh, really, really getting down and down and down, and it really affected me. I ended up in the hospital a couple of times just with mental unwellness, you know? Wow. And I, so with that, I decided that uh, I've always kind of leaned into Buddhism a little bit, but I really leaned into it this time because I knew that it was the only kind of island that I could go and, and sit on and actually, you know, drink any, any wisdom. So I just started, you know, reading some books and watching some videos online and you know how the algorithm works. All of a sudden there's more monk videos and there's more monk videos. <laughs> and then one day, I, you I were got really this, scrolling. Uh, you were just in, yes. yeah. <laughs> I was getting deeper and deeper. <laughs> and one day um, a video came on. Uh, it was this young man from, from California, actually. And he is an ordained monk in, in uh, Thailand. And his name is uh, uh, LP Nick, or uh, Lungpi Nick, which means brother. And he uh, went to this program, which is an international ordainment program where men from around the world can come and ordain in English in Thailand, in Chiang Mai. And I went, ah, that sounds like absolute heaven. And uh, so I looked into it, and because of COVID, it was all shut down and whatnot, but I put my name on the waiting list. And, uh, and as soon as it opened up, they said, would you like to come? And I said, yes, I would love to come. So I went there in September. Uh, we spent about eight days kind of learning different chants and kind of learning the process and meditation of being a monk. And then you literally fully ordain and, uh, and leave your entire past behind you and ask the whole world for their forgiveness and for anything that you've trespassed on in, your, in this life or any life previously. And you literally just take on the life of a monk where you meditate four times a day and you learn the Dhamma and you find peace Peace is possible with practice. That's what I figured out. That's so amazing. So wait, it's, so it's eight days, but then do you stay longer or then you come home and then yeah. now you're... No, it's, it's eight days to get to the ordainment. Yeah. And then you stay for the remainder of the month. So it's a 30-day ordainment. Okay. This is the way that uh, uh, Thai men will ordain usually once or twice or many times in their life. 93% of the Thais are, are uh, Buddhist. Uh, but this is all part of uh, their own understanding and be able to kind of, you know, live a good life so that they can uh, be good providers and be good people and whatnot. But uh, for North American men, as I am sure you can attest, Oliver, we don't get a lot of chances to go and meditate or or ordain as a monk, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You'd oh, look cool. good as a monk. I'd be <laughs> great. You'd, <laughs> you'd be great. You'd shave off your eyebrows oh, and your You have to shave your eyebrows a... off? Yeah. You shave everything. Yeah. It's part of letting go of your ego, Kate. Wow. Coming back from North America, though, do you have now, are you living this life? I mean, have you sort of, you know, asked for that forgiveness and sort of put your other life behind you? 
Yes, I have. And uh, I, can, I can say that I've carried on with the meditation practices. Uh, when you leave the monastery, you disrobe. So you hand your robes back in and you, mm-hmm. and you get the deposit of your regular clothes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, coming back into, you know, North America and having that thing, it was very, very, very noisy on the old noodle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can, uh, I can say that I've come back with such extraordinary lessons. I'm, I'm literally just putting together the first kind of outline for a new book. It's going to be called Part-Time Monk, That mm-hmm. Peace is Possible with Practice. <laughs> cool. And, and uh, yeah, I'm going to outline all, all the different learnings and all the different journeys uh, that uh, that happened leading up to that whole monk experience, but that is uh, that is something that anybody can do. They can literally just go to imonastery.com and literally just say, "Hey, this is something that I'd be interested to do." Yeah. How interesting! Could you imagine going for a month? Yeah, it'd be amazing to do. It's I, almost like called backyard monk. Like yeah. you can just like you know what I mean. Like, but it's also yeah. the, just that that experience of really like living that because that's a long time i mean that's not you know it's for, a long for, time for people but, who live yes you know but you're also more, gaining something that you know that you never would have yeah. done that many people have dedicated their entire lives to but you can go there for 30 days and really experience what that is like it's almost like you every know? man every man should have to be ordained as a monk, every man should have take opportunities in certain points of their lives, like early twenties, like almost every decade. Mm. Is this like the campaign you're running on? I, if you ran for president, yeah, I'm like every man. When you're 21, you're gonna have ordained. your first ordained. No, but think about the difference. What you every decade, what you're bringing or what you've learned yeah. or what you're carrying, and then to like dis literally disrobe mm-hmm. and and just find peace. Yeah. To to let you know what it's like. Yeah. If there was a physical idea, here's a jar of sparkles. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is what your life. This is what your life is like every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This is what being a monk does, and this is what meditation does. Mm-hmm. You just put it down. You make it still. Mm-hmm. That's the oh. that's the entire exercise that of being a part I right this, there is where I want to live. I thought the it. sparkle you know, part little... was the good part. Like I was like, yeah, <laughs> I want that, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> no, I want. But here's an interesting thing though too. Like you start moving it around a little bit in the daytime. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden the sparkles start showing oh, yeah. up again and whatnot. But the interesting thing is there might not be as many sparkles, and it takes less time to actually settle. Yes. Right? So this is just a little. That's I a little love experiment that. I, I, I that's made cool. The, uh, I like that. That's <laughs> at the craft store. The, that's that's, that's actually the, um, that's the whole idea of 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 uh, of a peaceful. I love that uh, existence. I think you could market this and sell this and make t- billions of dollars. Like <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like I would love to have that thing as my own, like actual physical thing to look at to calm the your reminder. mind, well, almost to calm your mind. I mean, even just watching it settle has an effect. Yeah, it's you know? true. Mm-hmm. And then when it got into that, I was, I am entered, I was in the middle of the sparkles. <laughs> right. So yeah. When you were when shaking it, it, I was like, down, yeah. When it like, slowed down, all of a sudden I saw myself <laughs> in the water. Do you know what with I thought sparkles. of? I was like, ooh. <laughs> when it slowed down, I, th- I swear to God, I thought of mom in Overboard with the dream sequence when she's like looking up and like spitting out the, <laughs> on New Year's Eve. Oh. <laughs> um, so wait, I have, a, I have a couple more questions. When when you said, you know, time, I, I even forgot the word because it's affluence. Time affluence. Time affluence, yeah. To be time affluent. It, it kind of reminds me of something that I think you also 
talk about in the book a little bit, which I want to cover, which is the difference between like the important, like how do you decipher when, let me put it this way. Like there's sometimes like someone like living their ikigai, let's say, and you're, you know, they're like, yeah, man, like I'm living my life. Like I'm living ikigai. And you're like, yeah, but you can't pay your bills. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, but if they're happy, then I guess who cares? Yeah. Or, but what if you're married to this person? What if this is like your, what if this is like your partner and you're like, you know, right. we our, our children, or we can't even afford, a, you know, the right. book. And I need you, I get that you're happy living your life, but I need you actually to have a job. I need you to go to work. <laughs> right. How do we decipher what the ikigai is and how to live that life purpose and actually how to have some- like practical ikigai. Practical. <laughs> practical ikigai. Yeah. 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 Uh, so this is something that is uh, a bit of a head scratcher in terms of just, uh, you know, regular everyday people. Yeah, because we definitely want to have the ability to be able to do what we love and what we're good at, but we still have that bottom half of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Right. Uh, you know, part-time ikigai is, is very real. You know, there's no, there's no reason why, you know, I mentioned this in my little TED talk that I did that, you know, we have we have one nine to five that we deal with every day, but we have two five to nines. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, we can do a lot in those four hours in the morning or we can do a lot in those four hours afternoon or maybe one in the morning and three in the afternoon. I have a, I have a friend who is a doctor and I, I, uh, I kind of think of as as the ikigai doctor because Dr. Scott Forsyth is this wonderful man who has a a family medicine practice, but he's this avid, just ferociously talented nature photographer. So when he wakes up in the morning, the first thing he does is he does all of his photography stuff. He just loves diving in, immersing himself in all this photography stuff. And he works on that specifically only until nine, uh, sorry, only until noon. And then he goes into his doctor's office and he's a doctor for mm-hmm. the rest of the day, mm-hmm. right? So Ikigai isn't something you have mm-hmm. to do in your quote-unquote job hours, per se. It's still something that is important for you to do as just part of your life. It doesn't have to be 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing. Yeah. It's like what, what you know, some of us call like the side hustle. But it's not a hustle. It's just a love. Mm-hmm. You know, where mm-hmm. you have things that you love to do that aren't necessarily what you're, what's affording your life. Yeah. And people do those side hustles with one intention or one hope in mind is that it becomes the regular hustle, right? Right. Yeah, that's the Is that they can be successful doing what it is they love to do right. so that they can turn it into a full-time hustle. So, you know, bet on yourself uh, as far as Ikigai is concerned. If, if you do it, Two hours a day, if you do it one hour, if you do it 10 minutes, whatever the case. Yeah, but if, if you you're, just know what it is, then and, you can just you and can do it. And if you're consistent with it, then it changes sort of your every day, you know? And I, I can feel that. Meaning, I live in Los Angeles and I rarely go to the beach, you know? And then sometimes mm. I'll go, I took the kids there the other day and the sun was setting and we were swimming in the freezing water. I'm like, like why don't, we why come don't I come water? here all the time? I love it. I mean, it makes me feel good, yeah. but I don't do it. I was just going to buy mm-hmm. another boat, but it turns out I have back taxes. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so, but, any, but like, uh, you know, getting, having another boat, I, I want to be consistent with it and get out on the ocean at least three times a week because it makes me yeah. feel good. Right. The things yeah. that make me feel good, I just don't do enough. 
That's yeah. it. Well, and then I think the yeah, other thing you. is, is that the measurement of success, how you measure success is really important because, you know, I remember when Kurt said to me when I was really young, why do you want to act? Because if my desire to act was to have what is considered, you know, whatever monetary success or success that, you know, it, uh, brings fame or celebrity, if that was the motivation, his concern was I'd be miserable because it's, mm. it's that is never going to make you happy as an actor because it's such a tumultuous, critical, rejecting career. Um, mm-hmm. And... And so, like, what is the measure of success in what we do? You know, it's it's never really going to be the dollar. So, like, even I sometimes think about that with you because you're like, oh, even if even if you were given said opportunity, I'm not so sure that's what would bring you happiness as an as an ever as an actor. I'm not so sure that that maybe not. I just haven't had that chance yet. But you might be right. I, mean, I think, you might be right. I think I that know. feeling will come from you. You had that feeling. Yeah. You're just not pursuing that feeling anymore. You're not pursuing the director, which is what right. would probably bring This you- is an ikigai moment only because right now yeah. it's it's <laughs> the way I make my money is being an actor. That's the way I support my yeah. family and feed my kids, you know what I mean? Sure. The directing part would have to be that side hustle that takes a lot of time to develop yeah. and do. Which I think is coming, you know. I feel like it's, uh-huh. it's in my older age. Once my kids get older, th- then you know maybe I'd have the capacity. But you know, we'll sure. see. I, I I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. I, I, my whole thing is this whole idea that money doesn't buy you happiness. I don't believe it. I think money yeah. can give me some happiness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm like I'm, I say to, I say to my mom happier. all the time. I'm like I'm like I'm happy. I like I've got an amazing give you wife, security. amazing kids. Yeah, it's like if you, if you back the Brinks truck up. Oh my God, the stresses will go away, and I'll be like. Woo-hoo! I'm I'm so yeah. happy right now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> I think buy most it. People, I don't buy it. I think I you, would. I think if you, I think you would. Because when still I'm making money, I'm, I'm have panic happy. attacks, and you'd no still way. have your- <laughs> no more panic. You know what I think most people really want in life, and I know I know your listeners won't be able to see this, but I think they oh, yeah. want this. Right, he's holding up the jar a, of sparkles. I, wanna, I think they want uh, just a really, yeah. really. Peaceful, contented That's life right. where with yeah, one money is one sparkle. thing, but but it doesn't really bother me. This is uh, this is kind of called equanimity. That's a word that we use in Buddhism. Equanimity is something basically that just basically says you have the calm and the wisdom uh, that'll that'll allow you to be able to use the space between the the thought and the reaction in a really really like peaceful, easygoing way. Mm-hmm. You is know, that just so we don't water? Stress about things. That's just water in sequence. Yeah, it's just it's just water and a little bit of glycerin. If you want the recipe, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could tell. Glycerin. I you could want tell some glycerin, there's you know? something in there. You're gonna yeah. go home and uh, take out the pickle jar out of the fridge and. Uh, I like that thing. Make one I, of those, I, I right? do. I really do. I'm gonna yeah. copy you. Do you have any siblings, by the way? I do. How yes, many siblings? A, I'm the baby. I have a older brother who is uh, about three years older than I am. Uh, he was adopted brother, and then I have a older sister as well. She's my half sister, actually. And uh, yeah, they they all live here in the same province as I do. Give us a little bit of history from where your family came from and when they came to this to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my grandfather and grandmother uh, were an arranged marriage from Okinawa, and they they came from this very 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 impossibly small set of islands. 
uh, called Hamahiga Island, uh, just, just off the coast of the main island of Okinawa. And uh, I went there a couple of years ago, and it's just, it's absolutely impossible to think that anybody could live there. Mm. But anyway, my grandfather immigrated from uh, Okinawa to Hawaii with his brother in the late 1800s. And, uh, and they worked in the cane fields there, and, and he hated it because it was too much like Okinawa. And so my grandfather jumped on a boat and came to Canada, and he uh, landed in Vancouver, and he started living in this little tiny, small Japanese, uh, I think he could probably call it like a Japanese kind of center uh, called Steveston in uh, outside of Vancouver. And, uh, and he was like doing just the fisherman stuff and, you know, basic things. And then the First World War broke out and him and these 200 and some Japanese men volunteered to fight for the Canadian army wow. in the First World War, if you can believe that. And the, uh, the people said, no, you can't do that. Uh, anyways, in time they said, yeah, we need soldiers. So send over those Japanese guys. So they all went and trained uh, in Calgary here, and then they went off and fought in the First World War. Wow. 202, I think, Japanese men. Imagine that, wow. fighting really for the Canadian Expeditionary Force. It's crazy. In, in, uh, so anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, when my grandfather came back after the war, um, he was allowed to purchase some land uh, in Alberta to be a farmer. And that's where his wife came and met him and they'd never met each other. If you can believe that he went and picked her up on a train in Vancouver wow. and brought her back to a farm and they had 11 kids and my dad was the so second oldest. So they liked oldest. each wow. other. I guess well, <laughs> they, they must have liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you're, so and then, your dad was. My dad. Well, yeah, my dad uh, was, was born in 19, uh, 19, what was it? 1923. And uh, so, oh, geez, he'll be 100 years old next year. Well, he, he died a few years ago. But anyway, uh, so him as a, as a Japanese man, he met my mom, who was, who was mostly uh, uh, British, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. And uh, they got together. And, and uh, my mom came with my sister. My brother was adopted because they didn't think they, they could get a pregnant. And then right after they adopted my brother, they had me. Yeah. Oh, cool. So you've always, so it's, so Canada, they came, they came through Canada. And so, uh -huh. so during internment, Canada wasn't affected at yeah, all. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was. Were your parents yeah, interned? Uh, no, uh, because they had already, they were already living inland. So it was only the people on the coast Coasts. that were brought inland. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, my yeah, sad my, part of history. I know, terrible, and not covered enough. Danny's family, yeah. Danny's grandfather, and we were interned. Oh God! Yeah, crazy, oh, right? God. And I, no one really talks about it. It's not something. No. Yeah, no, it's awful. Um, um, all right. right, so let's. So, what well, is what, there anything else that we want to? No, but I'd like to maybe wrap it up with sort of like a message to the people who are listening. Basically, like number one is sort of when you start to sort of discover your ikigai what does that feel like you know what i mean or what might you, what what might that bring upon as far as what you're feeling in your life once you start to do the things that you love to do uh it feels like it just feels like you walk out the door and you know and you have the compass that knows exactly what your true north is you know it's literally that that feeling 
And if you're creative about it, you can realize that there are a million different ways that you can use your Ikigai, not only to benefit yourself, but especially to benefit other people. That's the real magic, I think, of Ikigai, is that once you start seeing how people react to when you make them laugh or when you make them feel like you're fully immersed in it with them or whatever the case, you know, that there's so many different ways that you can do that. And people know that you're being true to yourself and they go, Jesus, you're good at that. I just, I, I am so thankful that you brought that, you know, it's like, like, I don't know, the ultimate gift, really. Mm -hmm. and, I love that. And number the one is, North. and number one is to go buy the book, right? That's how to begin this all. Cause we gotta, we gotta, you gotta buy the book. You gotta read it. Cause it's amazing. But, but I would assume, not assume, but maybe a great way to start for someone who's trying to discover what their Ikigai is, is to do exactly what you did with us. But you can kind of yeah. do it with your own. Like just really think about the things that you love Write them down right. and then find the common denominator. Yeah, find the action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Love to do. Yeah. Love to do. Yeah. Yeah. Love to do. Yeah. That's for sure. And I don't know if this is appropriate, but uh, I have a Skillshare course on do what you love. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So no. if, yeah, of course. If people want to go to that, that'd be great. Of course. It's called uh, Do What You Love, an introduction to Ikigai. So, and it's available on Skillshare right oh, now. Oh, great. That's exactly Fantastic. what I was yeah. trying to get at. Perfect. Perfect. Well, this has been Tim, great. Tim, thank, thank you, you so much. I loved hanging out with you. Yeah, this was fun. So fun. And thank you for your book. It was really helpful for me. So Yeah, I learned I really a lot. I appreciate it. Right I'm, now. So, I think I figured so some shit out. So thankful that you uh, shared it with your family, Kate, and that, that uh, this is something that is uh, meaningful to you. I'm working on a different little kind of side project right now. It's called Ikigai Income. That is literally based on that whole idea Oliver of Oliver and saying, Oliver. And yeah, that. that's yeah. There's so <laughs> just give me an early many copy. Interesting ways. I to yeah. give it to him but for to make money off of your ikigai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. there's so many ways to do it. And you have such a great personality to be able to make, be making more content so you can use that as a tool as well. But yeah. uh, thank you guys. I, I'm I'm so thankful. All right, thank you, buddy. Thank you, thank Tim. you guys. Sibling Revelry is executive produced by Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson. Producer is Allison Bresnik. Editor is Josh Windish. Music by Mark Hudson, a.k.a. Uncle Mark. If you want to show us some love, rate the show and leave us a review. This show is powered by Simplecast. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.